and welcome back to Shade Podcast with me, Lou Mensah, and our ninth series where we'll explore the influences that shape black contemporary art today. Inspired by the tradition of the harmony between the lyrical and the visual, these artists' conversations reveal the people and the sounds that inspire their practice. There's a playlist to accompany the series, which was created for you by my guests. So enjoy this convening of spirits to mark the end of the year. Today, for this final episode in the series, I'm delighted to be joined by my friend, Cynthia Lawrence-John. Cynthia is a costume designer whose work you will have seen in successful films like the recent Rye Lane, directed by Rain Allen Miller. Cynthia is currently showing work at Somerset House in London as part of the exhibition Missing Thread, which charts the contribution of Black British culture to Britain's design history. And our friendship began in the early 2000s when I was starting out as a photographer and we did a shoot together in New Cross where I was living at the time in London. And it was Cynthia's generosity of her ideas and her unique approach to design that really inspired me as an image maker. And it makes her one of the most revered costume designers today. We recorded this super quick 10 minute conversation while she was on set last week and we start by hearing how music influences her work. Well, I am at work right now, encased in a what feels like a Winnebago. It's Friday, and I just I like to keep work calm. Whatever I'm doing, whether it's commercial or I'm actually working on, on a film at the moment, and I like to keep it calm because if it's not, then I can't be creative. And I find it feels as though somebody's got their hand around my neck. So we're calm today. Calm, but I'm late. Yeah. Sorry, but we're calm. <laughs> On days like these, when there's this calm energy that you've managed to kind of sit with as you work, do you feel anyone with you, real or imagined, like on this set, on this particular project that you're working on at the moment? I think for me, it's really important to, I hate using the word mindful because it's so overused, it's become hyperbole, but I don't like to just bustle through the day, just like crashing from one thing to the next. Because if I get to the end of the day and I feel like I've done that, I don't feel very peaceful. And the main thing for me is I like to feel at peace within my soul, whether you believe in the soul or not, or or just within myself. I like to feel at peace. And if I don't feel at peace, I feel really uncomfortable. And I don't even like to say anxious. I just feel uncomfortable. I like to start the day and continue the day in peace. Even if somebody annoys me, it could be for two seconds, three seconds. I don't hold on to it. It's gone. And then I just go on in peace. Sound is so important to me. One album I tend to listen to a lot, well, one artist I listen to a lot is Aretha Franklin. There's something about Aretha Franklin's voice. I just love listening to Aretha Franklin, even Aretha Franklin's gospel. There's something about that which it just feels, that it just takes me or takes my soul somewhere else. It's funny, when I'm designing costumes or designing characters, For anything, I always make a playlist for the characters. So I'll literally read the script over and over several times and then I'll sit down or even as I'm reading the script, I'll just jot down pieces of music, whether it's an album, an artist, a lyric from a song. And then I'll actually then create a playlist for every single character. Because for me, it's everyone listens to music. Well, there's very few people don't listen to music. And it's really a good way sometimes of working out, well, what would that person be wearing then? What what are their influences? Because music is such a great influencer. So I do listen to music a lot and I listen to 
my, the music I listen to is very varied. It'll go from something like Eric Satay, Nossium and Jimpedias to Jimi Hendrix to Sister Rosetta Tharp to Prince. It goes up and down. It's like a wave. I remember once even hearing Metallica live. Never liked Metallica. But I sat there and listened to the production on the drums. I was like, actually, this is, out. This is actually okay. Wouldn't want to go and see them. But for that one moment, it made sense to what I was doing at that time. You know, there's a character I'm designing at the moment. And his mood board is literally as if he's, you know, he's a 60-year-old man. And it's as if he's run through four decades. So he's run through the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s and noughties. And he's picked up one garment or one item from each of those decades. And then he's put them on at the end. That was almost my way of designing him, if that makes sense. So it's more for me. I've said to people in the past, I've made a playlist and people just go, oh, right. you know, they haven't really understood the significance of it or what it means. Some people get it. Other people are like, you know, oh, right, great. That's nice. Mm. <laughs> There's one song that I play on repeat, probably every day, actually. And it's by Lidaju Sisters. And it's called Oh, oh. Lady Boy. You know that? Yeah. Yeah, they're amazing. And that's a song that comes up with Pete. And I often play that even in the wardrobe truck. I'll just put it on just randomly because there's something about that song which, you know, it's Yoruba. And lots of people can't, the translation's quite tenuous. I've often asked, you know, some of the elders, like my, my friend's parents who are Yoruba to translate it. And there's always a bit of scratching of the head and like, mm, that means. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about, as you said, that rhythm of it and also knowing the history of those two, the sister, the twins, and they're related to um, fellow Kuti. There's something about them. And I remember seeing an interview with them when I was about, I must have been about 13. And it was on the tube of all things with Paulie Yates. Paulie Yates had gone to Nigeria. I don't know if any of the listeners would even remember Paulie Yates or the programme, The Tube, but it was a big deal to a 12-year-old. who was Big deal. And I remember Paulie Yates had gone to Nigeria to interview the Ledaju sisters. And that never, ever, ever left me because it was just seeing... Paulie Yates, this kind of like punk, post-punk, you know, bleached blonde woman, there in their, their village in Nigeria interviewing them. So that's one of the things, for some other reason, it's always it's always stuck with me. And that song in particular, just the video they made for it and just seeing them on the tube. So I'd say that's that song really does mean a lot to me. That is so far out. Like I just had the, the like the visual of Paula Yates in the 80s Mm-hmm. Like, I just can't believe that. It was Jules Holland as well on the tube, wasn't yeah, it? Jules Holland, exactly, yeah. But Jules- she, obviously, she obviously put her hand up and said, I'll go to Lagos, I'll go to Nigeria. Yeah. Which to most right, people now would seem like nothing. But back then, that was a big deal. Well, it was a big deal because the tube was kind of like, it was mainstream TV. I- and that was my introduction to the Nigerian twins who were related to, they were related to Fela Kuti, actually. They were, and they had an interesting story because they couldn't get anyone to take their work seriously. Like, they're just so interesting. But the visuals that accompanied their work was so inspiring. They were so ahead of their time, particularly for two African women at that time. Just their politics was just way ahead. We're approaching Christmas. What kind of rituals do you engage with that help you settle down and get into a period of rest as we start closing down work at the end of the year? I think one of them is definitely practical. I'm surrounded by clothes all the time. And so 
when I'm at home, when I'm not working, I find it very unrestful to be surrounded by clothes all the time still. So one of the things I really do like to do is just literally almost just downsize, clear the decks, just get rid of absolutely everything. So I'm not looking at anything. And also, do you know what? I think when you're creative, for me, you almost need to refresh the palette, if that makes sense. I've, I find it very hard to go from one job to the next. I literally need to refresh the palette because otherwise it's almost, be, for me, not for everyone, some people can do it, it almost becomes this sludge of all my thought processes together, if that makes sense. So I have to do that. And again, I do that through meditation. Do you know what? By going into the sea, I love nature. I love, 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 love nature. That to me is, again, when I'm at home, if I can, I go into the sea, I go into the cold, I go into the woods. Again, it's one of those things that sounds a bit like textbook now and a bit, you know, a bit trendy, but I've always done it and I I need to do it to refresh the palate, to go into nature. I particularly need to get away from London because what I find with London is as much as I love it and love going to the galleries and it's easy to just trip from one gallery to the next and then go, you know, just culturally it's amazing. It's too much sometimes. Sometimes it's way too much information. You just need a blank canvas, which is a windy beach. (laughs) I think about homecoming, like an anchoring of ourselves, you know, with ourselves and with like our loved ones. I think forgiveness as well. I think you cannot go from, again, for me, I cannot go into the new year with like beefs with anyone. If you hold on to those things, that person's long gone because they, they don't even think you're the one who's still going like bish bashing yourself over the head like they did this and that, that was my mum who taught me that years ago she used to make us oh my god when I was a kid my mum used to make us at the end of every week actually she'd make us write down everything that was wrong in that week and you'd be like I don't want to you know because when you're a kid like 14 you don't want to do that you want to go out with your mates but my mum would make us sit down piece of paper not even not even a book I guess now it's called journaling but then it was just a piece of paper and she you'd have to write it down and now if that piece of paper wasn't as full as she thought it should be you'd remain there until you wrote <laughs> some stuff down so again I think I had that discipline or training very early on get rid of it get rid of anything that's bothering you anything that's negative get it out put it on a piece of paper and then burn it ha! <laughs> I suppose in essence, when I'm thinking about this series, I was thinking about the presence of other people that are with us as we're going through our creative life. And so I suppose in some ways your mum is with you. Yeah, absolutely she is because my mother was, you know, I, if ever there's somebody who I underappreciated when she's um, passed away now, but underappreciated mm. when she's alive, it's my mother because I didn't understand half the stuff. I'd be like, oh, you're ruining my life. Why are you doing that? All these things she used to get us to do. And because she was so, she was tough. She wouldn't let you get away with not doing it. She was tough. So all of these things that at the time we really resented, but I realise now why she did that, because she was like, so every day you said, who's with me? I'd say my mum. Every day, I never think, even though she's not obviously with me physically, I just think some of the things I do, she laid that framework and that groundwork for me to be who I am. So Lillian, I love you dearly. You did me good. <laughs> oh, thank you for being you, Cynthia. Oh, thank you for being you. <laughs> Thanks, Lou. Thank you. <laughs>
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Shade Podcast with Cynthia Lawrence John. I loved hearing how Cynthia nurtures and protects her creative energy and how her mother's practice of journaling informs how she deals with the more challenging aspects of her work. I love Cynthia's music recommendations, which will be added to the playlist that accompanies this series. And you'll find the link in the podcast description. And that's it for this series. Enjoy your holidays. Subscribe to Shade Podcast to listen to all the episodes in this series. Also explore Shade Art Review on Substack, joining thousands of art-curious listeners like you who are discovering more about the work of visual artists from the Black Diaspora. There you'll find art listings, comment, artist spotlights and guest posts, and free subscriptions are available. But for the full Shade Art Review experience, sign up today to receive 20% off your annual membership, an offer which is available for the duration of this series. This series of Shade Podcasts was produced and hosted by me, Lou Mensa, and mixed by Tess Davidson. See you next time. <laughs>